You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show and my other show, Enthusiasts, plus to get the latest interviews, K-pop news, album reviews, and so much more, subscribe to the show's free newsletter at 17karatkpop.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-pop. You guys voted for who my next artist-specific episode should be about, and I am very happy, frankly, that you all chose Purple Kiss. I didn't rig the votes or anything, but you did pick my favorite out of the options. Right choice. We have to talk about this super underrated girl group and why they are just incredible. Before we do, quick PSA. For future reviews and writing about Purple Kiss's work, as well as future surveys, if you want to vote, join in on voting for what artists I cover on the show, those survey links go to you if you sign up for my free newsletter, 17karatkpop.substack.com. And if you're super generous and want to support an independent creator, plus get a ton of bonus content, and have your votes count for three times as much as the free subscribers, you could become a paying one too. But either way, you do get a survey link, so my artist-specific episodes are based on your preferences. 17karatkpop.substack.com. Even the free signups, every signup really does help. Independent creators like myself keep going, so thank you all so much in advance for the support. Now let's get into it. So who are Purple Kiss? They are a six-member girl group, started as seven, under RBW, Rainbow Bridge World Entertainment, who brought us Mamamoo. So before debut, they were kind of billed as the exciting Mamamoo sister group. More on that in a minute. The fandom name is the Plory, like the Purple Glory. And they each have taken a hands-on role from the get-go, writing and working on choreo and stuff. They're very hands-on. They don't just have the music and routines handed to them all the time. So they had a very unique creative twist and just put their souls into their work. The members of Purple Kiss, Cheyenne, who actually she was on Future 21, she was on seasons 1 and 3 of K-Pop Star, she previously trained under YG Entertainment, the company that brought us Blackpink, and 21. She has a creative family, too. Her mom is a famous cellist, and she played a character in Girls Reverse, that virtual show we talked about in a previous episode where famous stars play virtual alter egos that form this digital group, and they are anonymous. They don't know what other members, who they are in real life. Surprise, one of them was Chan from Purple Kiss as the character Cheer. Swan was also on that show as Ruby. So let's talk about Swan next. Besides Girls Reverse, she also has been singing for quite some time. She did the guide vocal versions, the templates basically, for Windflower by Mamamoo and Snapping by Chunha, a personal favorite Chunha song of mine. And she is the maknae of the group, the youngest. There's Yuki, who's one of the most hands-on when it comes to writing their stuff. Dosi, in Korean it's pronounced a bit more like Doshi. She was on Mix 9, and then she became the first official member of Purple Kiss. There's Ire, who previously also trained under YG Entertainment. And there's Nagoon, who was in the show Produce 48. And fun fact, for my fellow Orbits, Nagoon actually previously went to school with Chu and Kim Lip from Luna. So that's the group. Cheyen, Dosi, Ire, Nagoon, Swan, and Yuki. Park Ji-un left the group in 2022 due to health issues. They really caught my attention early on for a couple of reasons. Strategic, talent-wise, and narratively. Let's talk strategy first. 
The promo rollout I thought was just really well done. First of all, being billed as Mamamoo's sister group is already going to generate some buzz because Mamamoo are really big. Behind Twice, Blackpink, the super superstars, I would say Mamamoo is next in line for most popular, at least in the USA where I am. They really do have quite a following. I mean, they're performing at arenas in the US. Most girl groups are at theaters or smaller, but they're at arena size, so really big. So the suspense was pretty big, as was the pressure for who the little sister group would be. And Mamamoo helped further get people excited by kind of indirectly endorsing the group. Some members did perform with Moonbyul at this charity show pre-debut. They also were revealed to the public early because they had cameos in the boy band One Wee's End of Spring video. They started out being just called 365 Practice on YouTube way back in March 2018. Then they slowly but surely, not super slowly really, reached 100,000 YouTube subscribers and celebrated with a mini concert in 2019. That to me is really cool. Already that is really exciting to me. To think you've been kind of following their journey in 2018 with rehearsal videos and stuff like that, prep work. Then they thank you for your support and have a special incentive for you to subscribe by teasing a mini concert to reward you for the support. So then you celebrate a special underdog years milestone you could look back on fondly. Like I was there for their mini celebration concert at just 100,000 subscribers and look at them now. Really a great incentive to get fans invested early. So 2018 practice and pre-debut on YouTube, 2019 mini concert celebration, that's also when they performed with Moonbeal at the charity event, Ian member Nagon got to release an OST early called Fly for the show Possessed. The name of the group was officially announced to be Purple Kiss in June of 2020. That summer, they kept the suspense spread out really well, I thought. Name reveal in June, solo members reveal in July. Group trailer, seeing them all together for the first time, early August. Then that fall, they did that thing K-pop groups do where it seems like technically that should count as their debut, but it didn't yet. They were pre-release, pre-debut singles. So before promo was considered really in high gear, one by one, we met the group, saw them together, then got two pre-releases. So YouTube buzz first. K-pop has really always taken the lead when it comes to utilizing YouTube's potential to help create buzz. Then that was sustained with official releases, member intros. Then March 15th, 2021. That's considered their official debut date where they released Into Violet. The promo strategy I don't just find impressive for the smart buildup of suspense before the official debut, but also because it showed each member shining individually, so you got to kind of love them like full characters, which they are in their cinematic music video world. So they really worked on a lore for each person, with a different solo debut film, with a different phrase to be the title, and a key phrase in the video somewhere. Like Ire, hers is called Can't Stop Dreaming, but she's in a room where she is basically in a psych ward, having a mental breakdown. There's black marker everywhere. She carves into a desk with a knife, screams in a mirror, pretty intense stuff. 
Actually, apparently, it may have been more intense. And there were some scenes in a black outfit in a darker, different setting that got omitted from the final released version. But anyway, so her character is going through it, but the title is Can't Stop Dreaming. So right away, they introduced that ironic framing as key to their storytelling. And her key quote in the video is, I rise stronger when I have faith in myself. Swan's teaser video is called Fill and Feel, which also turned out to be foreshadowing for what their catalog is all about, stopping to really take in a moment in all of its layers, its depth, the pain and the good stuff. She stands in this setting, a bunch of bare tree branches crisscrossing. She has this white veil on sometimes. Sometimes it's off, sometimes she has a crown on, sometimes she feels like a queen, other times just a ghost. She also stares in a mirror pretty somberly that is next to the piles of bare branches. So lots of clear symbolism and a sorrowful feel. But her quote amid the video's drama is, When I'm free, I can fly. And she looks free. She's outdoors, not fenced in anywhere. Another contrast, Yuki's video for Who Cares. Cleverly, the zero in who is a zero, not an O, because she wanted to represent them being in year zero, like phase zero, just starting out their career. She wrote her own lyrics for it, put a lot of meaning into this, and says mid-video, I make the possibilities for myself. Despite the fact in the video, she has to deal with these weird figures who are surrounding her, flashing bright lights at her, like people are onto her, like security's about to catch her. She's treated like a criminal, but she's optimistic too. Also optimistic, Nagun with New Iconic, another foreshadowing style video title that did become a key theme for them, doing things their own way, setting a new standard. She paid attention to detail with this video too, intentionally pressing number seven on the jukebox and playing a purple kiss song on the jukebox at this diner where she transforms into a fun party ready outfit dancing around the room and her message on the screen is keep on dreaming and soon the dream will come true. In what looked like ominous security guard flashlight lights in the previous video, for her she uses them as literal spotlights to dance. Chain's video is called Like a Star, with slow-mo running in front of the sports car, another juxtaposition, running for her life, eventually surrounded by three different cars that form like a triangle around her, so those spotlights go back to having an ominous feel pointed at her, but optimism within the video, with her message being, every moment is an opportunity for me. So the pattern is, they seem in peril, and then they make the most of it, and regain control of the narrative. They leave their mark on it. They leave their purple kiss. Their venomous mark, basically. Park Jiyoon's video is called Fashion, and her message on screen is, My passion moves me forward. She goes through many outfit changes, and she's surrounded by mannequins, sketches, accessories, anything you would expect a fashion designer studio to have. The outfits in the video are all outfits she wore previously. So this tribute to pre-debut days, when lots of K-pop groups don't even know for certain they are greenlit to debut at all. Lots of debuts are prepared and never see the light of day. So in that very nerve-wracking, uncertain period, she wore those outfits, associating them with that kind of starting out memory, pre-rookie, super rookie-rookie days. Another special additional meaning added to a smaller detail 
Also a fun touch that she finally has a mirror that she smiles in. Previously, the members with a mirror in their solo video looked very sad at what they saw, but she beams. Yet even more confident, now maybe even dangerously so, dozy with moi. The message mid-video, my existence is a revolution. She cuts up caution tape, sets off sparklers in a gas station, it looks like. Everything's going haywire, lighting-wise, fire-wise. And then she just ends with a somersault and this gesture that screams IDGAF. Then they all came together in a group video with a montage of their solo members in their solo scenes, then coming together at this table and the message on screen, I can be anything I want to be. So to recap, the videos were called Can't Stop Dreamin', Fill and Feel, Who Cares, New Iconic, Like a Star, Fashion, and Moi. You can sense the confidence going and then coming back through that trajectory. To recap the quotes, I rise stronger when I have faith in myself. When I'm free, I can fly. I make the possibilities for myself. Keep on dreaming, and soon the dream will come true. Every moment is an opportunity for me. My passion moves me forward. My existence is a revolution. And I can be anything I want to be. There is this very cool Billie Eilish-esque intro crown to the album Into Violet. Skipping around a bit, but it says, What do you say? What if I ruled the world? It's invisible, but you know it's mine. Where do you see yourself? I'm running for the crown. I keep breathing when you drown. I believe myself, no doubt. How come I never lost my faith? They are total Disney villains. Disney in the sense they are aesthetically, fashion-wise on point, and bold and confident, and in some ways you admire them in a dark way. Something about the way they carry themselves. The relentlessness. Sorry, there are some redeemable things at the core of some bad characters. Anyway, they're also villains. They are these evil vampiruses, these witches, these mythical creatures. Not vampiruses, but I get that energy from them. They get energy from others in a vampiric way because their debut title track was called Panzonia, Spanish for Venom. Or, you know, Venom, maybe not literally, but like bitterness, resentment. So they really are sinking their teeth into their enemies, literally and figuratively, fully stepping into these alter egos they have been in ever since. They really set up their dark and mysterious journey well with the Panzonia video. Really, I highly recommend you watch. Instead of me explaining it to you, their stage presences are just simply captivating. With some artist-specific episodes, I know I spend most time analyzing the music videos as opposed to the songs. I'm doing the opposite today because I think Purple Kiss's videos really you have to watch to fully appreciate. I will summarize them, but the antics you really gotta sink into on your own and reach your own conclusions about them. The song lyrics, I feel like way fewer people know about them than they should. <laughs> way more people should appreciate Purple Kiss's way with words because they really do, just like those intro videos, just summarize and crystallize their characters, their fictional stuff, but also their nonfiction stories and some really heavy emotions that they sing about in a very condensed, impressive way. Quite a way with words, and as we talk about these releases, you will see why. First, real quick, the music videos for Into Violet. We started with Panzonia. They did have a quick detour from their story for a mid-2021 release. 
this Lulupop project promo with a cute tea party concept, pastels, animated adventures, lots of fun. It was to promote Lulupop, these digital fashion dolls. It was called Find You, but in official releases that are considered fully just Purple Kiss, not sponsored, they are not breaking character. So September 2021, Hide and Seek came out, and the zombie video came with it that really merged old and new K-pop. Second-gen K-pop, like Shiny's Adai era quirkiness, and fourth-gen K-pop and third-gen, like Golden Child's zombie era, and Sunmi had a zombie era in 2021. Zombies had a moment in K-pop as did a Clueless-esque 90s wardrobe. And they added that too. So they had a very creepy, kooky, spooky in a fun, playful way. Retro-tinged, nostalgic meets modern trends spectacle. They also distinguished it from the other zombie videos of K-pop artists that summer because theirs, well, it came in fall, but also theirs had the zombies in a more ambiguous nature. Not just enemies to run away from, but friends to hang out with. Keep your friends close, enemies closer kind of a thing. So maybe not a real friendship, but they kind of bonded and had a party with the zombies. So they found a really unique way with that video to merge what was popular at the time, fashion and visual concept-wise, for the video. But it really was their own, very one-of-a-kind narrative twist. They released My My, a single for the holidays, that December. In the first release of 2022, Meme is how I say it, M-E-M-E-M. That video, frankly, not one of their best. One of their better songs, but video-wise, not tons going on. They could have done more with a plot, but I'll give them an excused absence from a plot because they make up for it with all the others. They also, in that era, showed off a really cool dance routine for Pretty Psycho. Geeky Land brought us Halloween and Summer, July 2022. They kept the zombie-era aesthetics there. They also made sure that, despite the super fun haunted house aesthetic and antics of the video for Nerdy, you remember that they also just have raw talent because that album's teaser video was acapella. The song snippets they teased in advance, all acapella. Nerdy is so fast-paced, so it really impressed me with just how jolting it is. You're just along for a ride. You don't really know what's happening. You have zero time to register anything. How did all those eyeballs show up? Literally. How did this weird dark magic happen? Who's casting these spells? What are they laughing about? Is it an evil laugh? Is this an evil laugh or should we trust them? What's going on? What dark magic is afoot? You have no time to figure that out because the second you might start to process it, the scene flips again. The camera work was really smart for the action's sake which reinforces their role here being the nerdy ones, the in-the-loop ones, when you're an outsider just along for the ride in the passenger seat. I love the detail at the end, too. They had this neon sign out front of this building that says exceptional broadcasting, but some of the letters burn out, so all that's left spells nerdy. February 2023. They released Cabin Fever, continuing their story in the Sweet Juice video which really alluded to them being these witches, in one world at least, where they call themselves the Perky, P-U-R-K-Y, that are basically stuck in a hotel dealing with a bunch of mysteries. So I guess a good way to summarize Purple Kiss's world is they are the same witch characters, but different seasons of the TV show. In one era, they're bonding with zombies. In another, they're in that haunted house for nerdy. Now they are in a hotel. And on the other side of the hotel, just like down the middle split screen, is the entrance to a different world. 
There's some interesting graffiti on the hotel wall in Sweet Juice. If you descramble the letters, I got rails from that. R-I-L-A-S. I just thought of rails. I don't know what else that means. Could mean nothing. But it was an odd, interesting detail I thought was worth flagging. You never know in the future when that's relevant to this mystery. There are also some interesting blink-and-you'll-miss-it moments. Like their shining, twins-in-the-hall moment. Shadowy figures, arms reaching out to grab you moments. Then, of course, there's the sinister mystery caller offering sweet juice, which I would not trust. They visually also just captivated this era because of the Intro Save Me choreography video, where they stayed in costume, in character, really smart. This video really impressed me for saying so specific to their aesthetic that merges preppy, employee looks with a more spooky wardrobe, a darker look, a dark prom kind of vibe. Their videos really do impress because they are innovative, they are very just aesthetically pleasing, and they're very curated to match a very specific story about very multidimensional, intriguing characters. Their latest release is their first Japanese one. It's called Dear Violet, and it came out in March 2023. It features Japanese versions of previously released songs and a new single, Tanari, which is Japanese for Next. The too long didn't listen version of what I just said was that their discography really stands out to me for five big reasons. One, each member shines solo and together. Two, their videos are everything, like a bunch of different categories in one. They're creepy, they're kooky, they're silly, they're serious, they're scary, but they're full of levity and hijinks and pranks. They're mysteries, but also have some predictability to them at this point. They please many kinds of viewers. Three, a literally spellbinding presence, and it just is enforced by the fact they are such a triple threat. Songwriters, singers, dancers, really top tier in every way. Four, the balancing act they always do between being very thoughtful and substantive, steeped in just human emotions, and their balancing act pulled off flawlessly between that and their supernatural, not human at all, traits. They play fictional characters in ways that really just flesh out those characters, give them this humanity and fullness. So the really short version is they know how to entertain. They are entertaining as heck. So now that I've walked you through why you should check out their one-of-a-kind music video world, let's talk about the world that is vivid just because of the lyrics. They conjure the pictures in your head. I can't cover every song of theirs, or we'd be here all day, but I do have many lyrics from many eras that I just think are so beautiful, so well put, that I want to shine a light on. One B-side from Into Violet, Skip Skip, where the lyrics are about kind of skipping, passing quickly like you're scrolling through a dating app or something. Swipe, swipe, no, no, pass, pass. But they also sing, I draw closer and farther from this tug of war of emotions. Perhaps we'll fall in love. It might not be easy. I'm something different. I push and sink into this deep well of feelings. They also say, say your thoughts with confidence, which could be a message for their crush, like, hey, hurry up and just tell me how you feel, or something they're saying to themselves, staring in the mirror. So Skip Skip is about being fickle about love and loving the game, actually enjoying it. It's not as nonchalant as they claim it is to them. They may feel like more is riding on a romance than they play it off as. 
They may be saying, come on, be flirty with me, but really they're telling themselves in the mirror that, like, hurry up, let's put ourselves out there. Hello is about missing a loved one and worrying your memories about them are just fading more and more. Quote, the sky is locked in with love. We are waiting for the light in the shadow that won't last forever. Unquote. The song period is about not thinking the pain was worth it. Not thinking it was better to have loved and lost, but it would have been better to not love at all. Quote, bury our beautiful times in photos. I shouldn't have worked hard. Everything hurts. I hate you and I miss you. The day everything ended, think about you and me. The empty air holds me. Unquote. They sing about feeling so lonely as they look in the mirror, and they compare their day to just being in a lonely city, saying nighttime is like being in a lonely city, and sighing is just a part of their daily routine. I feel that. In the song Z, 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 Z. They sing about feeling bored and restless when their days are no longer filled with you, your love, in so why. Quote, a mind full of love, blow away the loneliness, all fear, bye-bye, which I thought was really cute. And that's a great way to put it. A mind full of love blows away the loneliness. They often use that metaphor of the air, the sky, the stars, the atmosphere around them is full of love or it's empty. Like in the song Twinkle, talking about the dusty stars, but a precious glittering moment and jewelry that shines in the dark sea. The sunset falls like the tears of the sun. I'll fully embrace you in gold. I'll invite you in my dream, holding hands under the broken starlight. This trembling of me, jewelry shining in the dark. I decorate this diary with violet. I love the I will invite you into my dream condition in here. Very purple kiss of them. But they sing about being kind of just love struck as well, but in a way where they still have the upper hand. The bottom line of the hide-and-seek era, they like this game. They like the chase. They like playing with people. They like being in charge. They like toying with emotions. But they also regret falling in love. This whole crazy game called love they're addicted to. They talk about that in Cast Pearls Before Swine. That is a reference to, it actually dates back to the Bible. It has different interpretations, but it basically boils down to don't waste your time or resources on people who don't appreciate their true value. In the biblical interpretation, in one of them, Jesus basically says, don't waste time preaching to people who clearly are not receptive. Move on to someone more likely to be persuaded. Other ways that are not overtly religious, you could apply this would be if someone is hanging out with someone who is maybe not in their league, basically, or just not deserving of the level of praise or care that is going towards them. Don't throw your pearls at swine. Don't give pigs your pearl necklace. It's kind of like Antiques Roadshow, the Antiques Roadshow of phrases, because, you know, sometimes you might have something and you're treating it like a $3 find at a garage sale because that's what it was. Then you find out on Antiques Roadshow it was like an ancient relic worth millions or something. Then you realize, wow, I just totally was not treating, well, I guess that doesn't really work as a phrase because that would be treating a pearl like a swine when the phrase is really about showing too much love to something undeserving. But anyway, the point is, it's about, hey, don't waste your time where it's not valued the full level. And so the song is about, I don't need this pass. Tears like jewelry, they say. An interesting nod to the previous songs about the jewelry and the tears falling and pass. Just saying pass, skip. They sing pearl necklace on pig's neck. 
that's too much for you. In their words, I tried to match you. They tried too hard to shrink their personality to fit a swine like you. Now they're taking their pearls and going home. Mame is so funny. The lyrics are just so funny. They just talk about like rattling in your head, which implies there's no brain or anything there, just a big empty space, and they're rolling around like marbles in your head or something, going bam, 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 mam, mam, mam. You can't make it stop. They are in your head. You can't make it stop. They are consuming you. Their memories. Their they have a hold over you psychologically. And with lyrics like "This is fun," they bring out their inner Disney villain and sing about putting you under a trance. They mess with someone in the intro as well with lyrics like "This is real," followed by the lyric "Illusion." They say the delusion filling up your head, then say "This is real." Lots of powerful ways of talking about both wanting to hold on and let go in "Hate Me, Hurt Me, Love Me." That day I cried. That day I was happy. A clumsy meeting in breakup. A complex whisper of feelings. So we will learn love. Open your eyes now. Fly. A brightly shining light. When the wounds heal, can we grow? We are free now. A hashtag it love story. Love separation hesitation distance tears starlight sparkles trembling in the moment. A moment to understand each other. I'll be your wings. We're shining brighter. Say you love me, like they simultaneously are trying to speak into existence a true love, but it can't be true if they're forcing it. So it is inevitably full of flaws. That's why they keep calling it a dream, not reality. They say I just want to take ya and keep going, keep accelerating, take and accelerating and dreaming. The word choices all just feel very much in hindsight, like foreshadowing, because all those lyrics pop back up in future releases. Just saying, they are just maybe they are <laughs> time traveling witches after all. Again, they talk about the atmosphere, the environment, in a symbolic way, as do they talk about the internet in a symbolic, isolating way, in cursor. Emptying my feelings in a dark night, I can't be consoled. Never seen myself before, never felt so alone. I'm full of cracks piling up and left unchanged. That space where flowers bloom, I don't remember it. Tiredly wandering around as if I'm broken, a forgotten cursor. I wish the flowers could bloom. So where are they? I can't be consoled. Was this worth the pain? Was it all worth it in the end? They feel like no. What's led to some apathy? Well, intro bye bye bully gives a hint that they were bullied, but now they're saying, "Have you got no shame? Get the hell out of my life! I'm still alive. I'll be stronger. Kiss me, kill me, ha ha, bye bye bully." They're determined to have the last laugh. Another song that really greatly summarizes their duality in their own feelings, the nuances to them, are when they call themselves a fire and a flower together in the song "Fire Flower." This may also have to do with the fact flower and fire in Korean sound quite similar. So fireworks, fireworks. That's why you might see that title pop up. That's been referenced in Bi's work as well as RM's. Quote: Brightly burning alone. I don't know where I'm going. An unpredictable temperature, like a fire, like a flower. Even if it blooms all the time, it's not enough. The deeper I go, the hotter I get. More freely, like that blue sky. It's burning inside, so that the red flower does not wither. I'll surround you with fire and flowers. 
again, classic Purple Kiss, they express some conflicted feelings, but they replace the vulnerability with a sound of feeling self-assured, like, I'm in control, I'm surrounding you with those feelings. I get to project them, basically. Back to a lot of their go-to symbols and word choices in the song, Can't Stop Dreaming. It bloomed silently, and I felt it for the first time. I don't know what to do with this trembling. It's as natural as dancing. It's like a dream. In the quiet darkness, I am a bright light. I'll fall deep into this moment. We become free, as if time has stopped. They have quite a party on Love is Dead, celebrating a breakup, but they go back to melancholy with summer rain. They say the rain is dropping like their size they're letting out, and now only tears are falling under their umbrella. Not rain, but the tears. They ask why you covered up their light. Why did they cast pearls at swine? Quote, after the rain falls, I feel high and low, tangled inside my cloudy memories. Doubt in my head now. When you fade away, so disappointed, let me paint again, a pain too deep. Why did you cover up the light? In Love is Dead, they sang about throwing a party, toasting to the breakup, but in intro Save Me, they sing the party is over, who is the savior? But again, they still want the upper hand, so they sing straight out of hell, I don't make it back, save me, next to me, but still you want me. They lure you back into their trap with the sweet juice, and then comes this on take, where they kind of continue to say, don't cast pearls before swine, but a reversal. They say, don't share your useless things. You need me. But they're also taking their own advice. Now they say, you can't ever ruin me. I'm at the top already, born to be queen. This line is so purple kiss. I will brutally show you a bad dream. To me, it's just a heavy sweet cream. They have such consistency mixed with surprises, from Panzonia singing about giving you venom as your topping, to saying the bad dreams will be like sweet cream, the way you have to take them in. Some things never change. They also sing I Dance Alone in the Moonlight, when previously they sang about feeling like a special dance was happening between two people. But now, they've stepped into their full power as witches. Autopilot is when they sing about feeling like a monster, as they are consumed again with a crush, thinking about them like it's natural, an instinct at this point 24-7, hence the name Autopilot. Same, just relentless need to think about them in Agit, which could refer to stress. It could also mean shaking, stirring something up, agitating it. But in Korean, it refers to the word for hideout, like a place to retreat to, happy memories, a mental happy place escape. And they reference the dance again. They say, our own hideout. I have nothing to fear. Step by step, dancing through life. This connection is undeniable. I can feel those days' memories. I started to hope I'll dream again. So far so good has that what's the catch gardenness that is now customary, where things are going well in a relationship, but in those up times, they can't help but think about how suspicious it is waiting for something to mess it up and go wrong. It's an interesting order with Cabin Fever, because the songs went from super confident, like, I don't need you, you need me more, to the end with, I really need you, I love this romance, I'm lucky in love, but what's the catch? When is the other shoe gonna fall?
Because usually you'd expect an album about a relationship to go from the lovesick phase to the I learned I don't need you confident phase. But they went in reverse, which goes with their witch character personas. They have that duality. Their characters out the gate have intros where they're like, bye bully, goodbye, I'm in charge, I'm controlling the narrative. Then later in their albums, they show sensitivity and fears. They let their guard down later. So they don't work on building up confidence, they just expose the cracks in that armor as the albums progress. So much more I could say about this group. I hope I've inspired you to check out their videos. Also, I was very hooked on their covers, so make sure you check those out too. They have a delightful Disney Princess medley. They have a Songs from Around the World medley. Anything acapella they do is gorgeous. They did an interesting version of Dance Monkey, if you're not tired of that song yet. They did Adore You by Seventeen, which felt very special just for me. <laughs> They've covered Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Swan did that. They have tons of dance covers. Make sure you go check out their content, not just the original stuff, but covers too. They're all around so talented. They deserve so much more love. And I hope this episode encouraged you to find out why and showed you some of the reasons why. From the get-go, they've just had a really poetic way to describe very human experiences, but dressed up in very fun, fictional premises. Thank you all for tuning in today, and don't forget, sign up at 17karatkpop.substack.com to make sure you get the link to the next survey when I pick who will get my next artist-specific episode. Thank you guys so much. I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody. Stay in purple kiss.